The Green Suiters Podcast is brought to you by, well, you. If you want to support our show, get access to special perks, and listen to this episode ad-free, then head over to www.patreon.com forward slash Green Suiters Podcast to find out how. If you don't have any bucks to toss our way, it would mean the world to us to have some feedback on how the podcast is doing. You can leave us a review wherever you listen to this episode. Now, on to the show. Hello, boys. Hi. Hello. Excuse me. You guys, I had to clear my throat. How are you guys doing? <coughs> I'm doing good. How are you doing? <laughs> well, I have something I need to talk to you guys about. Oh, no. Yep. I quit woodworking today. Sold all my tools. <laughs> <laughs> what are you, you going to do now? Um, I've really gotten into underwater basket weaving. That's what I was going to no. do. Mm, sorry. Nice. Snooze there can't, be two, but there can't ma- be two number ones. That's 11. I'm going to create a massively huge underwater basket weaving. I, I saw an opportunity there, and I'm going for it. So, um, The question is, uh, bathing suit or no bathing Banana. suit? Banana. Oh, it's totally naked. Yeah. Totally naked. Oh, <laughs> yeah. free, oh free balling. And then... And then people actually like paint portraits of what's happening. Yeah. Anyway. All right. Let's let's move on from this. (laughs) (laughs) Can you guys can you guys believe it's February already? (laughs) Oh, I can't believe it. Yeah, I can believe it. It feels like it feels like I just got COVID. You know. (laughs) (laughs) I can't wait for Workbench Con. That's gonna be wicked cool. I know. We're uh, we're we're at twenty days, twenty two days until Mm -hmm. the con. You know what's great? Uh, I was just talking to Cole about this. I just had a realization that like we have like four or five four day weekends in a row. Wow! Because we have, so I'm going to have like all this spare time, I guess. Uh, that is, if Leo's not home from daycare, like he is all week this week. Because um, you got what President's weekend or President's Day well, coming up? There's some like massive snowstorm coming in tonight or whatever, so. They just called uh, tomorrow and Friday, like, just stay at the house. We'll do telework. So it's really not a four-day weekend, but I'll be at home. And then next week is Friday through Monday for Valentine's Day. I don't know if you knew this, but the Army gives four days for Valentine's Day now. What? Um, wow. I don't know why. Yeah, I think it's just the unit that I'm in. I'm not complaining, okay. though. I love it. That's, that's probably it. That's probably but I told my wife, don't yeah. expect anything special. Just Can you imagine, like, an amateur unit? Prepare. Like, hey, Sergeant Major, look, the guys really want to get valentine's day off for a four day so yeah you think we could maybe uh, skip the training that we're we got planned and yeah no that's not gonna happen um wow and then the following weekend is president's day the following weekend i already have that pass in for workbench con that's been there since like august of last year and then i want to say the weekend after that is super bowl weekend is it not mm-hmm so that is another one. At least I know we have the Monday off uh, after Super Bowl. I don't know about the the Friday. So anyway, it's pretty cool. February is a great month. No, Super <laughs> Bowl good, weekend man. is in two weekends. Isn't it? I thought um, it was the very last weekend in February. Yeah, I thought it was the last weekend of February. I don't know. I thought it was maybe like I'm the second or third weekend in February. It's coming right up, Super Bowl. Yeah, maybe I'm wrong. Huh. It's likely that you're wrong. March March second, uh, that Saturday, I'm going to be in Columbus, Ohio, for the Arnold. Rick and I are driving over. It's, it's awesome. 
powerlifting competition and everything. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's pretty cool. <clears throat> it's amazing. And they got bodybuilding, but we don't care about that. But the powerlifting and fitness gonna, stuff is unreal. Are you gonna Are you gonna be the the oil boy? Uh, no, I'm uh, actually the no, banana Rick. hammock stretch. I'm the stretcher. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That's yeah. good. Rick's got yeah, those fibers boy. nice and loose. <laughs> yeah. For those in yeah. Well, yeah. We'll probably watch some kettleballs uh, competition. Kettleballs, huh? The air. Must be Flying a different right kind of weightlifting than I'm used to. Flying right at your face. All those <laughs> oh kettleballs. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, you know what? Speaking uh, of February, ladies and gentlemen, we just got done with our very first, or at least a podcast, the very first giveaway, in Ooh. which two of our loyal followers won themselves four clamps. They got two six-inch clamps and two 12-inch clamps from Bessie. Thank Soon you, Bessie. Be shipped. Yeah, thanks, Bessie. Thank you, for Bessie. The, for the free stuff. And um, so we just wanted to congratulate uh, <laughs> Mr. Sewell and Mr. Mancini on your, your victorious giveaway victory. Wow. And uh, we are already full swing into the February giveaway. <laughs> Somebody sent me an email today with January giveaway. I'm like, it's too late, buddy. Um, well, yeah, it's it's funny because they're like people that go back and listen to it. Imagine yeah. like six months from now, someone's like January giveaway 2021 or and then it, and then it's like, what are we going to do for 2023? You know, hmm. good point. I'll have to play the odds. That's right. But speaking but, uh, of people who win, Ed Mancini, I think it was fixed. <laughs> he'll never he'll never be allowed to win again ever. So yeah. is he? Is he's DQ'd from from future yeah, competitions? Now? Hey, oh, Ed Mancini, that's that uh, mafia guy out of New York City, isn't it? True, true statement. Yeah, that's what I made thought. a movie about him called Goodfellas. Uh, that's him. Dirty, dirty, that's dirty. him. Yep. He uh, he cheated. His favorite his favorite movie is Fury. <laughs> Brad Pitt's his idol. Anyway, sorry, Ben. What were you gonna say? <laughs> um. Why don't you tell the good listeners what the February giveaway is going to be, even though you mentioned it in the previous podcast. I did. So, again, we are doing another monthly giveaway for the month of February with Bessie Tools North America. This month there will be one winner, and the prize will be a set of uni clamps. And, unfortunately, that's all the details that I have. But if you want some uni clamps, uh, then go ahead and enter the February giveaway. It is open to U.S. and Canada and it is not open to Hawaii and Alaska. Sorry. Um, and to enter all you have to do is send a Mm-mm. email. Nope, nope, nope. We're not doing emails anymore. If you want to enter <gasps> you're right. this giveaway and all future giveaways, you're going to go to www.greensuiterspodcast.com. Go to the giveaway tab and submit the, the information field that's on the, nice. on the website. And then you submit it, and then that's it. But also speaking of the website, there's a website now, everybody. That's and right. on it, if you let, let's break it down, right? So you have multiple ways that you can support what we're doing and, and show your support for us and all of this really hard work we do. And by hard work we do, I mean me and Sedge drink and Ben does everything with the podcast. <laughs> you can become a it's patron. It's a tough life. It is. Yeah. You guys got it rough, man. Which yeah. becoming a patron is not 
uh, everybody's, you know, thing. Forte. So that's fine. So we'll give you a free option, and that's to leave a review. But apparently leaving reviews is not everybody's thing. So what you could do, and you'll get something out of it, buy some buy some swag from the website, greenshooterspodcast.com. Hashtag not be, sponsored. You can be a walking um, billboard force. Yeah. With our was, little green was, stick figure. I was thinking today, I think in the next group call that we do with the patrons, we'll uh, we'll try to solicit some um, some ideas for like t-shirt designs, maybe like yeah. sayings that each of us do, or or something that you know Get something bent. that reminds them, yeah, uh, of the show. Um, you know, I was thinking of having like a saying on the back called uh, or where it says like uh Shevosas your internet hatred and then <laughs> and then the get bent below it. But it's just an idea. But like I, I like said, it. that that'll be with the group patrons. Um see some other other kind of swag ideas. And then we can do like a giveaway of that or something. For whatever design goes up. But I'm really I'm really interested in, in doing merchandise. It's uh it's something new for me. There were some growing pains with it on the website today. Uh special thanks to Mike uh Leiden who was going to be one of our first purchasers but uh it was more more complicated than I anticipated to get our website to connect with the um t-shirt service however it's all ironed out now <laughs> you get it get it ironed out and you're talking about t-shirts yeah but it's hilarious Anyways, this is uh, we, we wanted to kick this off for February. That way, if people wanted to represent, even including us, wanted to represent the uh, the podcast at WorkbenchCon, uh, you should be able to now. So I'm not wearing one at WorkbenchCon. I don't even want to be seen with you guys. Make metric great again, Tony. It's the best T-shirt ever. That is a really good T-shirt. <laughs> Really Marion loves her Bents sweatshirt. It's awesome. Nice. You know, I was thinking that we needed to order custom order shirts for Nicole, Marianne, and Jennifer. Because remember when I came down during the summer, they were like, oh, and we can call ourselves the Stud Finders. Oh, yeah. Getting like getting like some little T-shirts made for them that says Stud Finder yeah. on it. Like maybe like on the back or something. It's great. I mean, all you have to do is just design. That's the cool thing about Teespring is you can design anything you want. It costs you nothing. If people order them, great. If they don't, it is what it is. You know what I mean? Printful. Printful. That's what I used. Or not. Yeah, Printful. Yeah. Not Teespring. Screw Teespring. And then maybe we could get one for Nicole that has like a little, like a little mini sustainer, like where her belly is, where the baby is. I think that would be funny. Or it could just be a little baby stick figure. Oh, we could with do a that. bottle of Jack Daniels. <laughs> now you're talking. Flipping the bird yeah. in the other hand. Yep, I like it. And smoking a cigarette. <laughs> it's good parenting. Yeah. It's good. Throw a little weed in there, and you're all set. Hey, now <laughs> come on. This is a family podcast. Edge. Come on. Oh, okay. Jeez. Okay. Jack Daniels. Jack Daniels is okay, but weed isn't, right? Okay. Absolutely. Got it. Okay, okay. Got it. Got it. Depends on the state. <laughs> it depends on the state. Yeah. <laughs> Learning the rules. Learning the rules. <laughs> but yeah um so we're really excited about the website we're really excited about the merchandise obviously you can expect the the website to get kind of fleshed out in the in the next month or so but 
I wanted to, to get it up quick again so that we could have March for everybody. So it's always good to get it up quick. Yeah. yeah. There's, there's many different ways that you can support the podcast. Not all of it is monetarily attached, but it certainly helps out. Mm. But moving on, Jason. Actually, I don't care. Sedge, what have you been up to this week? Thank you. Oh, jeez. Um, <laughs> well, Big D bought a, a, a plana, so I've been teaching him how to use a thickness plana. And what, what did uh, he we get? shot some video on it, and it was really cool because there's a lot of nuances to using a thickness planer. A lot of people think there isn't. It's kind of like when people buy a jointer. They just think they slam a board up against the fence and put it through, but there's a lot of finesse to it. And I think there's a lot of finesse on uh, working the thickness planer, too. And uh, he was kind of freaking out. Even Chris, when he was shooting the video, was freaking out. He's going, oh, my God. So, Jace, you know that cherry you gave me? Yep. Yeah, that uh, they were freaking out because I was running that the dirty uh, part through because it had sat there. And mm-hmm. uh, they were freaking out because the grain is outrageous in that cherry. Yeah. So it came out really nice. So sometimes you think some of the mundane things in uh, a shop, but when you have somebody new and you're showing them, it's really cool. And then he says, well, what are we going to do to do this? And I grabbed the hand plane, and they went, oh, that's what a hand plane's for. And we jointed a couple boards to put up against the uh, fence because I don't have a jointer yet. Uh, emphasis on yet. And I needed a joint. They were just short boards, and we put them up against the fence. So sometimes it's – this is a lot of fun for me because I'm taking somebody who hasn't done any woodworking and showing them the basics. And it's really it's kind of get me jazzed because you really got to think things through when you're showing somebody and teaching them yeah. to make sure you incorporate yeah. everything. I think yeah. if you teach somebody, which I've been doing quite a bit over the years now, it makes you better. It makes you a oh, better woodworker because you can dial things in. I'm telling you guys, those, you guys are drill instructors. You know all yeah. that stuff. You well, know? I mean, I was. I was too, yeah. jerk. Um, not really. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> no, but if, think about it. If you it, weren't a drill sergeant at Hua High. Oh, shut up. Then you weren't shut up. a drill sergeant. Shut up. Like anybody has a choice over where they get stationed. I did. I didn't. No, neither did <laughs> anyone else in my class. The only time t- you could do I that is if someone else with the same MOS was going to the installation that you wanted to and wanted to go to the installation that you were assigned. That was, I and taught, they were the I same. I the rank. boys at Man College, my friend. <laughs> Man College, one five zero, represent. God, he's uh, funny. Such a douchebag. <laughs> but no, you, cool. you're right. Sedge. You're right, Sedge. Um, and, and you know, you said how Jason and I were, were drill, drill sergeants. Um, I remember this happened a lot of times, especially after you were, you were on the trail for a while. You're like instructing your, your, your recruits on stuff, and you're like, wait, I've already trained you guys how to do this? <laughs> because all the cycles start to kind of blend together, you know? Like, mm-hmm. wait, did I already teach you guys this? Like, no? Okay, all right, I'm going to keep going now. But, um, yeah, it, it's, always, it's always great to get back to the basics on, on anything. You know, you're. Yep. It's very surprising how much you forget those things. Not not because you know you're doing things wrong, but your skill set just kind of evolves from that that foundation, that baseline, and you mm-hmm. kind of learn 
little small tricks here and there and the 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 fam, the foundations of skills get kind of buried in that so it's uh it's always great to yeah. to have a, a fresh set of eyes that doesn't understand like the basics thing and can't ask you questions if you're like saying things in a way that are maybe a little bit too complicated for for an inexperienced person to understand so that's that sounds like yeah. a really rewarding experience for you it is and i was uh I learned a lot when I first started at uh, my day job at Festool because I would be showing somebody something and someone would say, hey, hang on a second, go back and do that. I go, what? And I was just doing something really quick layout. Mm-hmm. And I go, no, do that again. And I had to be careful because when I was training, I was training on Festool. But, man, there was sometimes I'd get off on tangents and I'd have to reel myself in because mm-hmm. I was teaching more about woodworking than I was Festool. Yeah. And these guys are coming in. <laughs> so... That's that's a nice offshoot of what I've done with Sedge Tool. I can actually, I, I do some Fest Tool on there, but I also will show pe- I, I am as I'm teaching woodworking, which is my passion, to Big D. I can really go into like like I'm into sharpening, you know. I'm into hand planes, and I can actually show that. And I've had a people people comment and go, "Oh, snap." I thought he was just a guy who worked at Festool. Mm-hmm. I didn't know his background. And you know, remember when. Um, Patrick first came over the house, Jason, he kind of uh, freaked out. He goes, oh, I thought you were just like a, a festival spokesperson. I didn't know you were a woodworker. And I had to explain <laughs> to him, you know, hey, I had a cabinet shop in Fort Lauderdale, you know. <coughs> and he kind of went, wow, he didn't know I was a hand tool weenie like him, you know. Not yeah. only am I a trainer, I'm also a customer. <coughs> also a hand tool weenie. <laughs> so, yeah, no, that's what I've been up to. And I'm just having the time of my life showing Big D, and I always get a kick out of it because Chris goes, I don't know anything about woodworking, you know, the camera guy. And <laughs> next thing you know, he's <coughs> he's quote, quoting stuff, and I'm like, oh, you're not learning anything, huh? So it's pretty cool. So that's I, what I've been up to I watched week. your uh, I watched the MFS video that you, that you released last week. Oh, thanks. What would you think? It was good, man. It, you know, the <coughs> MFS, I think, is the unsung hero, of, especially when it comes to routers and template working. Yep. yep. Um, you know, it, it it removes the need for a whole bunch of different kind of jigs for stuff. Saves a pallet of MDF is what it does. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You know, and it, it just it just kind of sucks that um, – I mean, you can still get them. You can get them used or get them from overseas, but – well. I I knew going into that the engagement I was going to get like oh man too bad it was discontinued you know but I got what I wanted out of it yeah. uh people from the UK commented they messaged mm-hmm. me off to the side on Instagram said man thanks I had one sitting around and I wasn't using it please 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 do more yeah. videos on it so I don't want to do them all at once but uh, I'm going to swing some axe on one do uh, one with circles yeah. Because there's and so much to know about it, they, and, uh, the, and I, I just love MFS using it. Because, go ahead. It it the, the largest size was what like a a 700. Yeah, it had came or, in two 400 profiles, two 700 profiles. Yeah, but yeah. you can buy <clears throat> 1,000 profiles and 2,000 profiles. Damn. Yeah. So. It's crazy. It, it's man. it's pretty cool. But the thing I want to do is when I swing axe, I have this great axe formula that I learned from a guy out of Michigan, and I used to fumble and bumble to find out where my pivot point was. It was just a, a haphazard way of swinging it. 
mm-hmm. you know, to from point to point, and it's really cool. You just measure the cord, you measure your run of the act, and you, it's just a quick formula to pump in there. And I want to show that on the video. It's really cool. So I used to do that in advanced router class, but we don't do that class anymore. So there's, there's just there's just so much to teach, you know. And mm-hmm. for me, it, yeah, it can be kind of overwhelming day, sometimes. And and learn. I'm always learning something new. It's it's. I just love woodworking, man, because you just you you find a different way. And the other thing I'm doing yeah. is and. And just really quick, this is a big thing. Uh, Jason, when I saw you on Saturday last weekend, <laughs> I said I had a hell of a morning. Man, did I have a hell of a morning. Everything I touched in the shop kind of fell to the side. And um, and it was because I'm what I'm doing is I'm going through and I'm trying to find the right step-by-step uh, step to make um, hand plane totes. And what's funny is I'm learning a lot about some of the tooling I have is a little <clears throat> old, and I need to update a few Shocking. things. <clears throat> and uh, it, it's it's pretty cool. And and then I, t- I as soon as I touch something, I realize, oh man, I could do a, a video on this, you know, because uh, I was changing drill drill press speeds. And I know a lot of people who have a drill press. They think that's only one speed because they think it's a hassle to change the speed on a drill press. It really isn't. I know you have a Nova, which you just press a button and dial it in. Basically does everything for pe- me. I know a lot of people out there that have, you know, belt drives and stuff like that. So it's, it's just a learning experience. And I just keep going through it every time I'm out here in the shop. So I'm excited. That's what I've been up to. What have you been up to, Mr. Bent? Um, well, Patrick and Michelle were here over the weekend and that was awesome, obviously. Um, right after they left, I fully intended on going out into the shop and getting started on that desk. And I went out there, came back inside a couple minutes later for something. And Nicole's like, Hey, why have we not considered this house? And it was a house that I had saved. So... We went and looked at it on Sunday evening at like five, and wow. it was in uh, Brownsburg. Oh, yeah! The school district was amazing. Uh, like all the schools were ten out of ten, and it was on an acre. It had a forty-three by twenty-five pole barn on the property that had like twenty, twenty or more. Uh, foot ceilings it was already insulated already had heat cooling it already had its own electrical setup um, the guy was a mechanic uh, like to work on cars there was a car lift inside of it oh snap yeah and um, we didn't make an offer which as hard as it was for me to not I mean that shop it had been bigger than anything I would have built more than likely. And it would have been everything I needed. It even had like a partitioned off room that had a flat uh, top on it. And the guy used it for storage and there was a staircase to the side of it. And then there was still storage on the right hand side, but you walk into this little walled off room. And all I could think about is like, this would be an awesome like hand mm-hmm. tool bench work area. 
And then right next to that was another walled off room that had a slop sink. I mean, it literally had everything. I would have had to do lighting and I would have wanted to do the epoxy floors. And, um, but other than that, like it was move in ready, like good to go. Um, but the house, it just wasn't, uh, to the master bedroom is, was fine. Um, but the, and then there was two, uh, like kids rooms or whatever that were way bigger than our rooms in our house. Um, like they were like the size of our current master bedroom, wow. like two rooms. It said it was a four bedroom. So really the deal breaker for us was that additional bedroom. Mm-hmm. They like put double glass doors leading into it, but there was also another door from when it was a regular bedroom and it was super tiny. That's so we wouldn't have been able to use it for anything. And then, oh, and it had a three-car garage, way oversized three-car garage. Wow. With one of the bays, the single door was like way, I could have fit like a 22-foot bass boat backed up fully into that garage if I wanted. I mean, it was, it checked a lot of blocks, but the house just wasn't something that we wanted to hmm. commit to. So it said it was bigger than our house, but it definitely was not. Like, I, hmm. we did, we don't know where the square footage was, if if it was, but... What, it, what size property did it set on? An acre. An acre. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, nice back. I don't know. It just, it kind of sucks because we, like, I actually thought that that was going to be the one. And there was some other st- weird stuff that happened while we were there. And they had, like, video cameras and stuff. And they, like, left out a, they left out an accepted offer that they had that was already with it, had a contingency. But they purposely left it out. It was very clear. God. And then. We wanted to go look at it, and they're like, "Oh, you have to wait till five because we're moving. We're actually moving right now." No, they weren't. Mm. They weren't moving anything out of the house. It looked like it, they weren't even planning on. Mo- it was just. It was a total weird scenario. And then we ended up finding a hidden camera in the house. Leo did because he was playing with what? a little truck. <laughs> so they were watching everything that happened. It was. It was just really weird. weird. So. They had a hidden camera watching you walk around the house. Oh yeah, I guarantee you they were listening in. Guaranteed. That's, I think that um, I think the husband was in the uh, military though, because uh, his uh, one of the kids' rooms was all military themed, and there was a little like um, ACU briefcase thing that had staff sergeant rank on it. So I don't know if you know he might be guard or guard something. Or he wouldn't something, be active yeah. up there, yeah. Um, unless he was a recruiter, but Very that was that. And then this week, um, I was home on Monday, and then home again today because Leo's out of daycare, and Nicole was working in office so um i mean really nothing significant i hopefully over the next few days i'm going to get a chance to get working on this desk oh i have been going crazy with sketchup on sketchup yeah yeah i've seen that that's pretty cool getting pretty and zippy at it yeah i am i've gotten a lot a lot faster um oh i had my uh, patron call um, which I opened up to everybody because I did a giveaway because I want once I hit a certain goal over there on Patreon I said that I was going to do uh, a giveaway and I uh, Mike Leiden actually uh, oh, cool. won uh, yeah I'm getting him a Festool ETS one twenty five sander so that's awesome oh wow but uh, that call was extremely productive it was probably the most fun one that I've done so far and that stuff that Ben you know I, I talked to you and mm-hmm. Sedge about it um, yeah I think which it's I'm still really kind of awesome. Still kind of keeping it myself, but uh, the first test is on is is underway, and 
<laughs> I've already got most of it done, but I've just been messing with SketchUp. I mean, that's, I'm obsessed awesome. with it. I've, I've been modeling all kinds of different, I modeled Leo's bed. The next thing I'm going to, today I spent time trying to learn how to use layers and group or layers and scenes. Um, tomorrow I'll start working on trying to put the bed into what I would like to see as a plan. And it's just really fun. It's cool. I'm glad that I finally decided to do it. I wish I wouldn't have waited so damn long. I'll tell you that. What, what do you think it was that made you wait that long? Because I didn't want to dedicate time to it. Wait, well, it's the unknown, come? you know? Mm. It's kind of like the CNC. Um, so you're just, you're just like being a bitch pretty much. Right. <laughs> yeah. Basically. Yeah. yeah. I was being, yeah. being a cab scout. You're right. <laughs> Shut up. Um, I don't know. I, I just, it was one of those things that was always in the back of my mind, but I'm always like, oh man, I have, I don't have time to be doing this stuff. And then I was just like, you know what? I'm just going to start dedicating a couple. Cause that was like one of my new year's resolutions as much as I hate to say that, but it was like focus on something a little bit each day, even if it's yeah. not like the priority focus on it a little bit, you know? So here and there, you know, I downloaded parallels on my laptop so I could run uh, VCarve on, uh, on my window or on my Mac so, you know, some nights I'll get on there and I'll, I'll just mess with designs and try to figure it out. Other nights I'm on SketchUp. Other nights I'm, you know, tinkering with my website, whatever it is, just something, even if it's just for an hour. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's been going really well. I feel like it's kind of reinvigorating, you know, some of my passion about certain things. Yeah. <clears throat> I, I watched a video recently. Um about about scheduling i think it was actually a jordan peterson video so for those who don't know he's a he's a now famous canadian psychologist professor but anyways um he he said in this video um you know don't don't put yourself in a prison like if you're if you're able to make your own schedule you know don't don't be a dictator with your schedule like treat your schedule as if you're doing it for an employee, you know, how would you do it for them? And probably the, the coolest part of the, and the most value I got out of that video was, uh, schedule the day that you want to have. Like when you think about what you're going to do tomorrow or the next week, you know, what are the things that you are going to want to get done? And so I started doing that. I, I wake up in the morning and, um, like I have certain, certain routine things that I do for like the podcast as far as editing and making content and stuff like that. But everything else is, it's kind of free form with the exception of school and like kids and stuff. But, um, I just, I write down, okay, these are the things that I would love to get done today. You know, not, not like I feel pressured to do it. It's just like, if I can get some of these things done today, I'm going to consider it a very productive day. And, uh, for me, it just, it kind of removes the stress and the, the pressure out of it. And, um, kind of, cause I, I, I am typically very hard on myself when it comes to sticking to a schedule or trying to get things done. And I can get very focused on doing these specific things and just kind of miss a whole bunch of other stuff. But, um, it, I'm really glad to hear that you're, you know, that you've jumped into it and you're, you're getting a lot out of it and you're actually being really productive with it. And, I think so. a big part of it is obviously the, you know, the, the plan that I have. Yeah. Yeah. Like that you, is now you've really, got a purpose or a reason yeah, to do it. That is really exciting me. And then also, you know, the, the built in, I did a post on Instagram the other day on that 
built in that that we want to do and I still have some small modifications and tweaks I think I'm going to do to it but just doing that like and being able to see it in that space mm-hmm. I just it's such a great tool where in the house is that you know in that wall on the left when you walk in that has that indentation in the wall where the where the credenza is it's right it's right behind the dining room table oh, okay right there okay. yeah the credenza is going to move is. and I'm going to build that in there mm-hmm. oh okay yep. that's nice that's a good spot. Yep. It's just a bunch of unused space, and we want more storage. And I'm, this is going to be – and Leo, all, all, the whole bottom, the majority of the bottom is for those, like, Ikea bins that we put toys in. Mm-hmm. That's what the you know majority of the bottom is going to be for because his toys stay in the dang living room anyway. <laughs> so it's just like yeah. if we can just put them back in there, it'll be great. It looked like Patrick was having more fun than he was with the toys. Are you surprised? <laughs> Did you guys, like, have, like, a little serving of purple crayons, like, in a little serving dish for him in the bedroom? Yeah, he like, did. It's Patrick, funny. In, he case actually, you, in, case, in case you want some snacks, we left you some purple crayons. Yeah, he did color. Uh, <laughs> I think it was a Paw Patrol coloring book or something that, that he got. And, like, Leo was like, here, color. And he, <laughs> Patrick's sitting there on, by himself, like, on the couch, <laughs> scribbling all outside the lines. Not surprised. Yeah. Not surprised at all. No Marines. discipline from that one. Mm-hmm. No anyway. Marines. So, yeah, hopefully in the next few days I'll be back out in the shop building some stuff. So Awesome, man. Cool. Ben. Yes. Not that anybody listening to this podcast cares, but what have you been up to? Oh, everybody cares. Oh. Trust me. All right. I'm going to take a nap. Um, well, today, today was a fantastic day. Because I rode my motorcycle today. It was just warm enough. It was 40 degrees today, 40 degrees Fahrenheit. Just warm enough to ride a motorcycle without being terribly uncomfortable. But um, I will tell you this. I had quite a time getting my slick-tired motorcycle out of my snow-covered yard. Um, (laughs) That was a challenge. Getting it in and out of my basement was a challenge. It took me about 30 Mm. minutes to get out of my yard. And I had to have somebody passing by to help me get it out of my yard. Anyways, got to ride my motorcycle today. It's been probably two and a half months since I've ridden it. So I was I was really jonesing to do that. Um, and then last week, yeah, I think Friday I finished, or Thursday I finished my third sys bench. And it came together really well. Really pumped with it. All my sort, my sustainers, most of them, are all stored away now. My work area is—it's so open now. I can't even get over how how much space I have available now. Um, I think in a couple months I'll probably build a, a fourth one. But uh, I filmed that for my YouTube. I'm currently in the, in the process of editing it right now. Um, hopefully, I'll, I'll be done with that tomorrow, and then um, I. I don't, I don't know why I do this, but with my laser cutter, I've, I've always had a fascination with making my own shipping boxes. Because um, right now, whenever I, whenever I I ship stuff, well, yeah, I have to like go to Walmart, find a box. Hopefully, they have the size that I need because it's already already have it pre-saved on my Etsy. So save, you know, find the box with the right dimensions, get bubble wrap, you know, get shipping tape. All this, like, I just have to get all this other stuff. And it's it's kind of a pain. So 
I uh, I was like, you know what? I'm going to design my own shipping box because I'm I'm tired of depending on Walmart to to allow me to ship things on time. And so, <laughs> so I uh, I got on my laser cutter, got on Adobe Illustrator, and I uh, I designed my own shipping box for a couple of my items. So now. It's less shipping tape. I don't need bubble wrap. It's less cardboard. I can order the cardboard flats offline. They get delivered the next day, um, and that's so, it. What's the process? You put them on a, a laser cutter, yeah, and it cuts out the it cuts out the tabs and everything, and you fold it all together. Yep, yep. It's all one piece. That's so cool, man. Yeah. Took me took me a couple of iterations to to figure everything out. Um, that's yeah, so cool. Yeah, my, my laser cutter, it's got a pass-through feature, so you can pass materials through the cutter. And it's got two cameras on it, so it'll do, like, the first pass, and then it'll say, okay, move your materials eight inches. And so you pull it out eight inches. The cameras take a whole bunch of pictures of it. It lines everything up for you, does the next set of cuts, and it just does that until the entire uh, shape is cut out. So, and it's it's all automated. You don't have to, you just, you literally... Move the material and you hit a button. That's it. So it's it's a really eight cool inches feature. at a time. Yeah, I mean it's roughly. You know, it doesn't have to be exact, but it just says move your material about eight inches. So you pull it through a little bit. As long as as long as the cuts are still in view of the camera, the previous cuts are still in view of the camera, even like a little bit, it'll just look at those, look at the design, what's left over, and it'll align it for you. So that's so cool, man. Yeah, it's really cool. Hmm. Really cool. How long does it take for the machine to cut out something like that? Uh, for the whole box, I don't know, maybe five minutes, if that. That's cool. Yeah. yeah save you time going yeah. down, schlepping, and getting in the cab, yeah, going and get and it's, one. It's very. Um, it doesn't require a lot of input from me, especially now because it, it's everything's loaded up. It's the the printer. It's cloud based, so I can. I don't have to have my laptop down there to do it. I just pull my phone out, hit print, and it just does it for me. Wow. Yeah. I mean, obviously, i got to load up the material and everything, but it's... How have, um, your, how have your sales been doing? Good, actually. Um, I um, I sold out of my stools again because I usually just do it three at a time because um, that's how many I, I build at once. And then once I've got them, well, not pre-built, but... I've got them all cut out and everything. Oh, that's that's another thing I did. Um, I, I get it all cut out first, and then I I post it on the website that I have three more in stock. And so I, I have the bodies ready to go. If they want engraving, I can engrave the top real quick, hmm. and then I slap it all together, glue it, and then um, I, I pre-finish all my materials too, so I only have to do one coat of finish after it's been glued up. So the turnaround is really, really quick. Um, for wow. those stools, at least whenever I post them, because I've already got them pre-made. But um, that was the other thing I did, is I made a jig for the MFT to do complementary angles. So um, complementary angles are angles that are more than uh, 180 degrees, if I'm thinking that right, or more than 90 degrees. So the stool that I make... One one of the bevels has to be at 38 and a half degrees. The other one is at 52 and a half degrees. Well, the track saw only goes to 45 degrees. 
So in order to, to get that additional degrees beyond 45, you have to keep the piece vertical um, and then cut it at, an a, at a 90 degree angle from the saw blade. And so that's what gives it its, its steeper angle on it. So I made a jig this weekend or last weekend to um, that it's, it's all pre-butted with the measurements of all my pieces. So I, I ripped my sheets from the plywood I cut them to length on the miter saw and then I go to this little jig and I cut all my bevels and it's, it, it turned what used to be, I don't know, it would, it would probably take me probably 45 minutes of stool to cut everything, rip, cross cut, bevel cut. Now I can mm. do it in about 10 minutes, everything in about 10 oh, minutes. Cool. Yeah. So, hmm. you know, it, it kind of just goes back to what you always say about jigs, Sedge, is that jigs save time. That's literally what they do. Yep. And so I, I, I told myself that this was something that I needed to do a, a long time ago. Pretty much every time I felt rushed to make one of these orders, because that's how it usually is, you know, I'm in the middle of writing some paper and an order comes in or whatever, and I've got 50,000 other things I've got to do. Um, yeah. Now, I, now it's, it's literally everything is done for me. I have flag, yeah. flag stops that I leave on my miter saw mm-hmm. um, that are set for the exact dimensions that I need to cross cut everything. Now I've got this jig that I literally just yeah. put the wood in it. I don't have to think about anything. I don't have to measure anything. I don't have to position yeah. nothing. It's I just throw it in, clamp it, cut it, mm-hmm. and then domino it, and then it's good. Yeah. So I've I've really yeah. I, you know apart from making this an industrial process, I've. I've made this as quick as I can possibly make it the process for making these things. So, but it's, it's been going really well. I haven't sold, I sold one of the, um, the cis shells. I've sold one of those. Eric Barber is actually the one that, that ordered it. Um, one of our patrons, but stools, stools are, are getting sold constantly. I just shipped two of them today. So it's been going really well on Etsy because you know I put the plans up on Etsy just as a, another place to have them in the hopes that you know it will generate more sales right it doesn't I don't have to do anything that helicopter payment starting to hurt huh buddy <clears throat> no <laughs> <laughs> um I sold one like an hour after I posted the plans yeah, to Etsy and then I sold one more about 4 or 5 days later but I am getting a ton of people that are saving the plans. Like they're mm. saving the router bit cabinet for some reason. That one's crazy over on Etsy. Um, it's weird. The toy chest, all that stuff. So I was going to ask you, have you been getting that a lot? Like a lot of saves on your items? Are you talking about saves or favoriting? Favoriting. Same okay. Same thing. principle, I would think. But yeah, favoriting. Uh, yeah, yeah, it is. Um, I, I do, actually, in the beginning, I, I did good quite a lot of those favorites for my stools. I, th- I would say that it's probably like a 10 to one ratio for every 10 favorites. I'll sell one stool. Um, but you know, I, I think it's people just, they're, they're in the process of searching. They're not, they're not in a buying mindset yet. And, um, and they just click favorite, you know, thinking that they'll come back to it because they're doing like comparative analysis. But see, I thought part of it was, because you know how you can do a um, 
you can like target people if they put it in their cart, if they favorite it, if they do all the stuff where they'll like get an email that says, Hey, you know, get 10% off this thing that you mm-hmm. favorited or whatever. Anyways, I did that just cause I don't know anything about Etsy, but I did that just to see it has the, not followed. It has not panned out one re- time. So you're talking about retargeting. Yeah. I thought that yeah. maybe that's why people do it because they know that if they favorite something, it's likely that the, store will re-engage I, them with some sort of discount so they can then get it cheaper but oh, it, yeah, that has yeah. not happened yet yeah i i yeah i i doubt most people are even aware that that's that's how it works but um no i i haven't done any of that i've i've done zero marketing like the actual tool that's on etsy i've done none of that i've literally just posted it and then that's it i may have i may have tried to focus on a little bit of the SEO for like the, the listing, like using specific words and, and targeting um, keyword, targeting keywords and stuff like that. But I, I've done very little to Etsy at this point. Um, when I had Valor May designs, I had an Etsy store as well. Um, and I spent money on, on advertising. Um, and all that is, is Etsy just prioritizes your posts at the very top of the search. Um, very similar to what Google does. You know, if you go on Etsy and you look at the very top results, it all says add in the top mm-hmm. left corner of the, of the picture. That's all it does. And it, I mean, it definitely generated a lot of sales for me. Um, but I was also, you know, spending a lot of money on advertising. So, you know, it's right now without doing any of that stuff, it's at a pace that's good for me. You know, my, right. my items are the price pretty high comparatively. Um, and I, I'm sure that I could probably price them even higher and they would still sell, but I feel that it's, it's pretty fair for what it is right now. What but is the price on your stool? If you're comfortable sharing it, even though I can just, 70, they're 75, okay. 75 plus shipping. And they're, they're completely, I see how sturdy it is. Oh, I, I can, I can a, stand on it and hold all of my kids and it'll hold up. I, I will do a. YouTube video testing the strength of Ben Marshall's famous stool. Go ahead. Mm. You're going to ruin your business. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be pleasantly surprised how strong they are. I yeah. think I can, I could, I can definitely nothing ask. Nothing like a, huh? Nothing like a good, strong stool. Yeah. <laughs> Just pushes have, it right out, you know? Have one every morning. You nice, betcha. Hard, stiff. Mm. Constitutional. <laughs> I, I have ideas for for making more to use patrick's words bespoke stool bespoke. but um bespoke he used it that's trademark you can't you can't use that i can't use yeah, that man. oh man bespoke we're going to visit patrick and michelle oh president's day weekend actually no are you yeah well isn't that just special it is what do you guys say we get into the topic? Knock this puppy out. Fine. What's the topic? Today's topic, ladies and gentlemen, is one that, that I have seen quite a bit of on the interwebs, especially in January. It, it seemed to be the topic that most Facebook and Instagram groups were talking about, and that is sanding. So I, I saw. I saw a lot of painful, painful posts on some of the Facebook groups that I that I kind of meandered through. One of the ones that kind of spurred the topic 
or me wanting to talk about this topic was this guy posted um he was like you know i i love i love woodworking but i hate spending hours sanding and so i was like well unless you're like in a production line you shouldn't be sanding for hours you should shouldn't have to sand long at all you know um unless you're like getting a tree out of the ground and then putting a sander on it so um I thought that we would just kind of bring our, our, our top three uh, sanding tips for anybody at any level I think is, is applicable so that you're not spending hours sanding, which you should never. If you're spending hours sanding, you're doing something wrong. Mm-hmm. So um, so I'll, I'll kick it off. And this is, this is a, a really cool one that I hadn't really thought of until recently, and it concerns with ingrains. So – those of you that that like to either stain or just naturally finish um, your wood, you know that whenever you apply um, anything to an end grain, it's gonna that that end grain is gonna be a darker tone than the edge and face grains are, just because it's gonna absorb more of the material. Um, and so, a way that you can try to get the color to to be similar to the edge and face grain is whatever your finishing sanding at whenever you're whatever your raw finishing sand grit is you want to go above that and then hit the end grains with it and what that's going to do that's going to burnish the end grains a little bit and it's going to reduce the amount of absorption that the um the fibers take on whatever that finish is and so it's it's still maybe a little bit darker or a little bit you know a tone darker than than the face and edge grain but it's it's not going to be as much so a really great uh, application for this if, is if you make uh, if you're making raised panels for a cabinet door and you're going to be finishing it naturally or you're going to be staining it um, you take a higher grit sandpaper than you did on the on the face and edge grains you rub it along where those that raised uh, panel is for the end grain and you burnish those end grains a little bit and it's it's not going to you're not going to have this two-tone panel um, where the in where the end grains are and obviously the same thing for if you're going to do like some breadboard ends or you know an end of a of a tabletop and you're not going to cap it on the ends or anything so that's my first tip for sanding sedge what do you got <clears throat> uh i guess i could talk for hours just on sanding um what you said earlier, Ben, about um, that guy sanding for hours, and I'll, I'll start it with this because it was the number one question I would get when people would come into um, a training, and we would start to like to sand the farm tables, and uh, I go, okay, hey, uh, what grit would you start to level this? And most everybody would say 80 grit, and I go, would you like to? Oh, you like to sand, don't you? And I go, what do you mean? And I go, well, you always have to analyze what are you trying to accomplish, okay? And what happened was people say, it was like, what grit do you start at? What grit do you start at? And I go, well, what are you sanding, you know? Are you sanding plywood to remove max or galling or whatever? And they go, yeah. I go, well, it's, plywood is surface sanded the majority of the time at 120 from the manufacturer. So I usually start at 120 to sand 
uh, plywood. I would never start with 80 grit. And they go, mm-hmm. huh? Because, and then when we go to the farm table, people go 80 grit. I go, oh boy, you're going to be there a long time. Grit, if you look at grit range, grit range is a, uh, a time value. So if someone started at 82 level, those boards that came together, okay, or knock out undulations on those maple tops, you'd be there forever. 40 grit is where we started at. And then they would walk away and go, oh, because what you're doing is you've accomplished the leveling quicker with 40 grit. But they go, it's a deeper scratch pattern. I go, that's why you go to 60. Then you go to 80. Then you go to 120. And then you go to 150. And, uh, <clears throat> and in saying that, there's a lot. A lot of people will skip grit ranges. Mm-hmm. Okay, they'll go. They'll start maybe, say, 80 and go to 180. And I, I just look at them and go, man, you're wasting your time. Grit range is a time value. It takes longer to get those 80 grit scratch patterns out with 180 than it does with 120. Mm-hmm. And people don't realize that because you spend less time on 120, and then you go to 150, and then 180. And then I would always ask them <clears throat> about grit range. Hey, uh, what do you say in bare wood to? And they look at me and they go, oh, I go 220 and 320. I go, God, I like making money. Of, uh, and they go, huh? And I go, you never sand above 180 because you lose claw or you lose adhesion point of your, um, of your finish. And they go, what? I go, it's, it's, it's ludicrous to sand above 180. And I hear people say, oh, you can sand and remove blotchiness. I've tried that. That's a bunch of hoo-ha. Okay, there's, there's on so cherry much and pine. It's a so bunch that, of hoo-ha. There's so much that's out of your control when it comes to blotchiness. Oh, my God. It's, it's, it's easy. You know, it's, you, you, to remove blotchiness is you mix seal coat, Zinza seal coat, which is shellac, and you cut it 50 with denatured alcohol, you flood the piece, and then you sand at 180, and you get a lot of the blotchiness to disappear. And and I would just, I, I would scratch my head on this, and then I'd hear people, I've had people come up to me, and I stopped arguing after a while, and saying sanding above 180, because people go, oh, I sanded 220, I go, dude, I'll take your money. Just uh, I, I I would look at I would say internally shut your mouth and take that guy's money, hmm. he's just wasting his time, and then people complain oh man, my my finish isn't 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 adhering well or I'm not getting I'm not getting the penetration because you've burnished the yeah. cell, and people go oh but it takes time I had a guy who came to class once he says ah, I sand, and he had people writing because he. And I was like, okay, he and he and I, I, I exactly what I just said. I said, oh yeah, you're wasting your money. He sanded to uh, 600 grit. Oh man. And then, uh, yeah. And I go waste. And his, I said, it's a waste of money, John. And uh, he came back to class. Probably about six months later, he goes, okay, I, I know what you're saying, but he goes, I, I went down to 220. <laughs> okay, I just can't go That's to as low as I can go. That's as low That's as I as can low go. As I go. But he understood he was wasting his time because what people were feeling was the finish. Mm-hmm. Everybody loves that 220 smoothness, but that if you sand to 180 and then finish, that's the same finish on top. I, I, I don't get it, but 
It, I, I just, that's a, so, <laughs> how would I say that? Analyze what you're sanding, okay? Start with the lowest grit possible to save time, mm -hmm. okay? Don't skip grits, and don't, and for bare wood, I wouldn't sand above 180. Yeah. Man, you just gave four. Okay, and. And what's and what? No, that's all about grits and sandpaper. But what the thing is is, <laughs> I, I people used to look at me cross-eyed, and then I have professional finishers come up to me and go, "Man, finally somebody who's talking about it." And then there was an article in I think Fine Woodworking that someone showed me once in class and said, "Hey, they they're saying don't sand above 180." I go, <laughs> "You so, don't say." What did what yep. did you do? Wait a minute. I we, bought a T-shirt. Yeah. We, hey, Ben, you need to make that a sound bite. You need to get one of those, like, switchboards and stuff. When somebody says something, you can just hit that. <laughs> uh, duh. <laughs> Sorry. It's, it, was a, it was a hot topic about four or five years ago. Hey, what grit do I start at? Well, you know, and that's, and that's, what, <laughs> that's what most of the people in, in some of these groups do is they're like, I don't. I don't know what took so long. I I started sanding at two twenty, and it's just like this well, sander why. sucks. Yeah, it doesn't. They did it at two twenty, and they're doing it with gator paper. Like you know. Yeah, yeah. Quality of paper is a whole other topic. Yeah. Hey, Sedge, do you mind? Do you mind if I cover the vac one, since you have so many? Yeah, go for it, man. Um. Otherwise, I'm only gonna have one thing to say, but. Because you don't know a whole lot. That's fine. No, it's because we're all going to say the same thing. But no, no, I'm just joking. My uh, invest in a variable speed vacuum or dust collector or dust yep. extractor, excuse me. Invest yep. in one of those. Um, and I won't, I won't cover like all the benefits because I know, Sedge, that that's going to be one of the other things that you discuss. But having the ability to dial down the suction is so so useful and helpful and you know i'm like anybody else like when i first started matter of fact i posted a picture today on instagram five years ago today i built the first piece of furniture or i built the piece of furniture for somebody that led me to start doing custom work and when you look at that and you look at it closely you can see all kinds of things just in the picture that were screwed up you know things that i didn't know early on but back then when i sanded i was one of those people i was i was using what did I have? A DeWalt five inch random orbital sander, the one that everybody kind of starts out with. I was using, you know, Diablo or Gator paper from Lowe's and Home Depot. I was pressing down real hard. Um, nine times out of 10, I didn't have a vacuum hooked up to it. Then I finally hooked a vacuum up to it, but I was using like a shop vac mm -hmm. connected to it. And I was getting squirrel marks like a son of a, you know what, right? Yeah. Like just everywhere. And the minute I would put that that stain on because I stained everything back then because I was using construction grade lumber. It would just stick out like a sore thumb. When I made the switch and got, uh, we'll just say a, a festival sander, the ETS 125. That was the first thing that I bought. When I bought that, I bought a MIDI and sanding with that was such a huge difference. And I immediately noticed a difference because I was able to turn the suction on the vacuum down. So, um, having the ability to do that, is is really great so that would definitely be something that i would invest in because it's going to help you with a lot of other things that i know sedge and ben are probably going to cover 
I'm, I'm just going to pause it real quick because <laughs> this made me think of something. Did you guys watch my stories last Friday about whenever I was... When you were naked? No. Oh. Those are just private, Jason. Oh, sorry. So, said so did, did you happen to see him where I talked about my vacuum? Oh, I yeah. Didn't. We did. talked about it last week, too. You know, yeah. Remember when he had dust everywhere? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. No, this is this is totally unrelated. Oh. So I didn't see your stories. I'm sorry. What kind of friend are you? Huh? Yeah, We're suck. supposed to be podcast mates. I suck. And you, and you don't watch my stories? No, I'm just playing. I don't so, watch Jason's stories either. <laughs> so um, I had to I, I had to go. Well, I went to Jennifer's over the weekend, and I had to finish. I had to route a, uh, a groove in the bottom of her door to accept the little kicker plate or whatever it is for uh, for her sliding door. And so I brought my MFK. I bought the parallel guide for it or the, the edge guide for it. Um, and I brought my CT-15 with me. And so the CT-15, it's it's been hooked up to my Capex for, for months now since I bought it back in October, I think. And never had a problem with it. Like extracted chips and dusts and all kinds of stuff like flawlessly. Works great on the Capex. So I'm, I put everything in the back of my car. And I, before I go to Jennifer's house, I, cause it's about a two hour drive. I, I'm, I stopped to get gas and I'm just kind of waiting for the gas to pump. And I'm like, you know what? It's been, it's been a couple months since I've been using the, the CT 15. Let me see how full the bag is. I did see Ooh. this. <laughs> so why like, I, oh no, <laughs> way worse than that. <laughs> I open up the trunk of my car the hatch of my car it's a bp gas station people are driving all around me right all kinds of people everywhere and i open up the ct15 guess what's inside the the insides of the ct15 sedge i don't know my nicely folded up bag <laughs> still, folded up, hooked up. still folded up from the factory my manual um, the little elastic cord for the garage door. Um, and I want to say that there's something else in there. The obviously, obviously they're all buried in, in wood chips. Right. So I'm like, <laughs> son of a bitch, man. So I pull the HEPA filter out. There is a solid, it looked like I had a piece of bread in there. Like it was just <laughs> a solid brick across the HEPA filter. I'm like, oh my God. but you know, the thing is, and this is, goes back to what we were talking about on a couple episodes ago, Jason. I had no idea that that was an issue. There was no loss. In, like, the filter was completely packed. There was no loss of suction. There were no weird sounds. You know, it didn't sound like it was struggling. Hmm. So, for those of you that want to know, Festivacs completely work without bags. So, if you're worried about saving a couple bucks, it works, you know. Mm, and now your HEPA filter's damaged. Yeah, I know. So I, I already ordered a new one. But uh, I was like, oh, my God, I'm such a So idiot. glad we have experts on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I, even, I didn't even think about it, like, to open it up and put the bag in. I was just so excited to get my new vacuum. And I was like, oh, I can't wait to use it now. But, well, let me ask you this. When you when you buy a new Domino, did do you just try to use the tool without opening the sustainer? <laughs> It's not working. 
Why why is this track saw so square shaped? <laughs> Where do I plug the cord in? What's wrong it? with these oil cans? <laughs> you know what? Uh, I forgot I totally forgot about that. We talked about that whole incident on on our uh, on my Patreon group call. Somebody brought it oh, up. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Did you see it? You see how stupid Ben was yesterday? God, yeah. What an idiot. I, I just said, did you guys see Ben in his normal state yesterday? <laughs> <laughs> There's there's just too much time from the from the time I purchased the vacuum to the time I got home to use it. There's just too much of a time gap. Right. Think about. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. No, hold on. Before you give your second one. Okay. Just answer me this. Was the CT15 the first Festool dust extractor that you bought? No. That makes it even worse. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, I bought the CT26 four years ago. So it's been a long time since I bought one. Oh, and you haven't changed the bag in four years? Oh, I, I change it once a year. <laughs> I, use, I use it with the Cyclone. I don't need to. Can I uh, mention, can I just add to that variable suction on the dust extractor? Sure. The reason it uh, is one of the reasons you get less swirl marks is because, and I tell everybody this, and you, I think it's a great feature. Um, at one time, Festival was the only one that had that on there. Now a lot of people have it. But you can, what it does is it breaks the surface tension on the, uh, the paper it actually floats the sander because if you have too much suction it pulls down mm -hmm. and it causes a lot of friction you also get a lot of wobbling in a, any sander so uh, variable suction on a dust extractor makes a lot of sanders better because mm -hmm. it does do that and we, i've seen uh footage and testing on that and it does work and, and, it and when somebody says it, uh it, well I tell everybody, you want to save money and you want to save time when you're sanding, hook up a dust extractor. Mm -hmm. Because what do you want to sand? Dust or do you want to sand what you're trying to sand? Product. Mm -hmm. Okay. And you'll glaze that paper less. Oh, yeah. So it's, it's, it, it, it makes too much sense. But for years and years and years, and to this day I see people, you walk in a shop and they're not using a dust extractor. I go, oh, my God. Yeah. But, my, but mine came with a little bag, thinking. like this long. It's, Why oh, I? No, it's, it's a filter. It's a filter bag. It's a HEPA filter bag. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Ben? All right. My next one is um, using an over, overlapping pattern. Um. Even whenever you're trying to finish, so especially if you're trying to flatten something, if you're trying to flatten the raw wood, or if you're trying to flatten out your uh, the finish that you just applied, or you know if you're in between coats or whatever. And so I like to do uh, overlapping patterns horizontally and then vertically as well. I do that with every single pass, uh, or with every every grit. I'll do that. And so uh, you know if you can picture a, a, a rectangle in your head and it's oriented horizontally like if you're about to sand a, a tabletop you put the sander at the bottom left corner you run it all the way to the right to the right edge you move it up half the diameter of your sander and then you go back to the left and you go up half the sander and you go or the disc and so you overlap all the way up horizontally 
and then wherever you stop at the whatever corner you're at, then you start going vertically and you do the same thing. You move from top to bottom, move it to the left or right, half the, the diameter of, of the disc, and you do that. And um, that is because really when you're when you're sanding, especially raw materials, you want to you want to try to get it as flat as possible because that's going to help a lot of things. It's going to help the curing process for whatever kind of finish you're using, especially if you're using a top coat, maybe not so much with a penetrator. But especially with a top coat and you're, you're doing some kind of a gloss, semi-gloss, where there's going to be a lot of light refracted off of that surface, the flatter that surface is, the better that that finish is going to look. But if you have a very wobbly surface, if it's very undulated, if you, um, if you try to focus the sander in one spot too ah. much, you're going to see that. And so, so let's, let's say that – so even with overlapping patterns, let's say that there's just – there's one spot on this table that – is either it's either low or high, or maybe it's got some kind of a burnish mark on it, or some some kind of a mark on it. Even if even if that little de, uh, deficiency or discrepancy is in one one little spot, you still overlap the entire surface because you want the entire thing to be uniformly flat. But if you're if you if you do these overlapping patterns and you say oh there's like a little pencil mark here or whatever. And you just kind of bury that sander into that spot. You're mm -hmm. you're removing that particular spot. So you're gonna, especially if you're pressing down on it, um, you know you're gonna you're gonna ruin the Velcro pad underneath. You're gonna uh, you could potentially, especially if you're on an edge, um, you could deform the the actual pad itself. And so now you're creating even more uneven patterns whenever you're sanding. So. Again, do an overlapping on everything. Even if you have to do a lot of overlapping passes just to get this one particular area, isolated spot, you know, removed or whatever. Always, always overlap. And do the same thing between your coats because you want to flatten everything out. Yes, yeah, Sedge. Can I add one thing? This I is it. That. You're not going to get any more after this. No, <laughs> I do exactly what you do. I do... Uh, and then I met a gentleman who did a lot of solid surface. And he, I sanded a solid surface countertop, okay? And we, we raked the light across it. Mm -hmm. And he pointed out what I did. And he goes, you were overlapping, perfect, to and fro, back and forth. He goes, add this to your mix. And I do, after I go back and forth, like you do, mm -hmm. to and fro, which I did my whole life. Yeah. Okay? Uh, I do six to eight inch circles mm -hmm. overlapping. Okay? And it removes what they call cross hatching. Yeah. And I do it even on bare wood now. Yeah. So, uh, and maybe it's overkill, but I was really impressed when you said, go back and forth, to and fro. And don't bear down on those pencil marks mm -hmm. because everybody wants to. <clears throat> and then you get that. You can see it when you rake that light. If, that if is you, so important. And uh, are you going to talk about weights, Sedge, the weight of the sander? Well, not really. I, uh, I think we can toss I, it in with this part of the conversation. Okay, so I will add something else that's wicked important. Uh is choosing the right pad for your paper if mm -hmm. we want to talk about a uh, sanding pattern because say you say let's go back to what you were talking about a tabletop 
okay? And you want to flatten it. Mm-hmm. And people used to say all the time, how the hell did you get that so daggone flat? What, do you get a time saver out back? And I go, no. I choose the hard pad. Yeah. And they go, what do you mean? Because a regular pad will follow those uneven spots mm-hmm. back and forth. But yeah. a hard pad will will go across that and not dip yeah. into those undulations. So I always, when I'm flattening, I'll use a hard pad with the right paper and the lower grit and, cr- and cross hatch and do six to eight inch circles. Yeah. Now, once again, remember when I talked about earlier about, we'll talk about weight on there, mm-hmm. okay? Um, I, don't like, I don't like to take all my life in sand. I hate sanding, mm-hmm. yeah. okay? I, I go to the lowest grit and I let the weight of the machine. Mm-hmm. If, I am, if I have to put too much weight on there, just normal hand weight, okay, then I need to lower the grit Yeah. because I'm overworking. And, and you have the chance, especially if you're using a hard pad, a hard pad, you have the you, you'll have the tendency to, to create valleys if you're yes. if you're pressing down too hard. So that's why you know the the weight of the sander and the paper should be the the workforce whenever it comes to sanding. And you yep. know, Sedge, you were talking about doing um, six eight inch circles. Um, if if I if I feel that the panels are still kind of wavy, or I have some of that cross hatch pattern, I'll do it diagonally as well. I'll do yes. 45 from one corner, and then I'll flip it, and I'll do yep. diagonal the other. And that, that gets rid of those those cross-hatch patterns. Yeah, um, and, I, and I know guys who do that also, and it's perfect. Yeah, yeah. Because you don't want to end up raking a light and you get a cross-hatch. Yeah, and, and, and especially, you know, and I mentioned at the very beginning of that tip, is that you know, you, you've got to think that light is going to ref, refract off of this table and that's that refraction of light. That's that's when you're going to tell that there's going to be deficiencies in the top. You can you know raking lights certainly help, but when you get light that is being refracted off of a, a smooth surface, you know the last thing you want to do is to look at it and see like these little wavy patterns in it. Um, oh yeah, because that surface is uneven. So you know it just yep. it goes back to our our conversation about finish work. You know, eighty percent of finish work is prep work. And, and yep, but um, paint and the finish, the paint and the finisher, a chemical. It's not that. It's it's your prep. Yeah, it's how you prep for your finish. Yep, absolutely. And, yeah, and 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 I I do this. I do that religiously. I I over pattern. I I do my cross patterns religiously. I, I do that with every single every single thing that I finish. Jason, you got anything to add to that? No. All right, Sedge, wow. what's, your, what's, your, uh, what's your next tip, Sedge? Okay. Um, what The number one call-in or the number one p- thing that people want to eliminate when sanding is what? Swirl marks. We've already talked about a variable section. Mm-hmm. Here's one that I thought everybody knew, but they don't, and you, this is the cause of a swirl mark. Um, wipe your material down in between grits so say you're sanding it let's just say you're at 80 grit okay you pull the paper off you switch to 120 do you know what's still on that board are grits of 80 that have broken away fracated off of the paper they're still on there you should take a brush brush it off i usually have an old t-shirt white t-shirt and i wipe it off i know people but i don't want that air hose i don't want that stuff blowing around in my shop 
So I brush it off. I just, okay. And as simple as that is, I I wipe every, and it's the easiest thing to do. I, a, do you use an impregnated sock when you do that, Sedge? Oh, stop it. 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 Stop <laughs> it. You guys have no idea. I got socks all around my shop, and I got oil on a lot of them. Oh, my them God. To wipe, to wipe, it's oil, Ben, camellia oil usually, and I wipe You know how long it took me to impregnate it. these socks? Oh, my God. <laughs> Whatever. Whatever. <laughs> I told cool. So those are those are the sock, but... those are the tips I have for sanding. That's all of them. I could go on and on and on. And I've got on. I've got one more. Okay. Uh, mine was kind of already covered by Ben. He, he alluded to it, but that is um, keep your sander flat. Do not don't tip your sander up. And I, I bring that up because. Early on, I did this all the time, mm-hmm. all the time, especially when I still have to fight uh, to do it. When I run into that situation, I'm like, oh, geez, let me just tip this thing. And I'm like, no, if I do it, mm-hmm. it's going gonna, it's gonna to ruin the, the finish. It's going to ruin the top. It's going to create a valley. But the common mistake that, that people make early on is I have an uneven surface, uh, surface right here. Really, really good example of that is when you're joining boards together for like a tabletop. Mm-hmm. And one section of that tabletop, one board is just a little bit higher and you're sitting there, you're trying to sand it back and forth. And a lot of this leads to like, you didn't start with a low enough grit to flatten it out in the first place, but you know, you're stuck at like 150 and you're sitting there and you're like, it's just not working. And the immediate reaction is to make metric great again, like Sedge's shirt says. The immediate reaction is to tilt that sander and utilize the edge of the pad. And obviously now you're focusing all of that on that one tiny spot and it is it will quickly remove the material, but it will leave a divot in the valley. When you run your hand over the top of things, you can feel them like they are punching you in the face. Like that's how evident it is. Um, oh, somebody just favorited my shop on Etsy. We just talked about that. Um, and so Mike just ordered a T-shirt or ordered something from the store. Nice. Um, so don't do that, right? Do not do that because you will notice it in the end. And then to try to fix that spot, that's a whole bunch more sanding because yeah. now you got to take everything down around it. So keep it flat. If you run into those experiences, always wipe. Cedric's talking about wipe the material off your surface. But before you move to the next grit, and this is especially important, in the early grits to avoid having to do this, feel your material, feel Mm. your material and identify those spots early on. That way you can get rid of it early on with a much lower grit than Mm -hmm. identifying it later on. Cause again, the the common practice uh, with most people, especially in the beginning is to do exactly like Sedge said, 80, rip it off, 120, sand, rip it off, 150 sand rip it off 180 sand and then they get to the end and they start to rub their hand over it and they're like oh man well then what do you got to do you can either sit there with 180 and try to fix everything or you got to go all the way back to the beginning and start over so that would be my other recommendation so my my last one is and i, I think Hold this on, is because probably you're talking because you're talking is that my white claw 
it is your white claw. I'm dying right now to have some sort of alcohol in my system because listening to your voice is like listening to nails on a chalkboard. Please go ahead. <gasps> oh my god! Here we go. <laughs> Slam Woo! it down. You got a shotgun, it boy. Bottoms up with <laughs> pinky out. <laughs> and now Jason wow. shares his thoughts on the raspberry tea from White Claw. Sucks. Anyways, go ahead. I'm I, sorry. S- I smell the, I taste the rose petals, and I I can feel the the soil grit in my teeth. Yeah, give it a little gurgle. <laughs> yeah, I will. <laughs> oh my god! Little little swish. All right, my, my last uh, my last tip before we get really interrupted by our sponsor yeah. is, and I, I think this is probably the most important. Uh, aspect to realize especially when it comes to sanding and finishing work and this is to kind of go off of what Sedge had said in one of his videos uh, quite a while back where you know you have to think of the paper as the tool the paper mm-hmm. or, or the cloth you know depending on what you use is the, the 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 device or the tool that is going to be removing the material and so you need to be thinking about getting the highest quality paper before you think about getting the highest quality sander because you can take the best sander in the entire world but if you throw on some some gator oxide on it uh it's it's going to be worthless the the sander itself is completely worthless because the paper is not going to be aggressive enough or it's not going to last long enough to to do what you want it to do um you know there. I mean, I, I have uh, the ETS EC, which I, I love it. it. It is such a comfortable sander. There's virtually no vibration w- whenever you use it. Like my hands don't hurt even after uh, using it all day long. But if I didn't have good paper, that really wouldn't matter anymore. So if you are at a point now to where, you know, you're thinking about upgrading your sanders or you're, you know, just now getting into this and you haven't bought a sander yet, you know, the sander itself doesn't really matter for, for the, the quality of the product, you know, invest heavily in good paper. And then once you have a good paper and you've kind of hit the limitations of what that sander is, especially when it comes to like comfort or use or uh, disc size, stuff like that, then you can start thinking about, okay, um, you know, maybe I want a, a bigger sander. Maybe I want a Rotex now. Maybe I want to have a sander dedicated just for finishing. Maybe I want to have a sander dedicated just for edging. You know, all these other different kind of purposes. But do not cheap yourself out on paper or cloth discs. Um, you know, that's that's probably the one thing that anytime I see something sanding related and, you know, somebody sends me a message or I see it in Facebook where they're talking about how, you know, you know, I, I put this clear coat on and, and this, you know, surface is so jacked up or this stain, you know, there's pigtails everywhere. And I'm like, you know, they're, they're talking about this center, that center. Nobody's talking about paper. It's just like, you know, you went to, to the big box store and you bought some crappy, um, you know, um, sandpaper that doesn't last very long. And these are the results you get. And, you know, and they don't know any better, but for the most part, but invest in high quality papers i i do have one more thing that yeah. i want to mention just use yeah. ruby on none of this stuff matters <laughs> hides all of it 
makes it really dull. You can't see nothing. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm just everything's kidding. A, everything's a trade off. Yeah. You know what time it is. <gasps> Hans. Hans. Where's Hans? Hang on, hang on. I gotta go him. Is he in the sausage kitchen? Sausage kitchen. Well, hi guys. Is it time <laughs> for our segment? <laughs> it is. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I don't know about you, but it's time to see what kind of hatred the internet has thrown away. So it's time for the favorite segments. Get bent. <laughs> this might be my favorite thing that I look forward to all week. <laughs> is listening to Hans introduce Get Bent. I have a question for Hans. Yes, Mr. Sedgley. Um... Uh, How's your sausage? Oh, the bratwurst is cooking great in the pan right now. Uh, I've cooked about 15 links so far. Um, and they are quite delicious. Uh, the flavor just uh, explodes in your mouth like a panzer. <laughs> just blows away. Oh like a panzer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, man. Oh, Hans. <laughs> One of these days, Ben, you have got to do an entire episode of Hans. <laughs> Maybe it can be a bonus episode for patrons. Yeah. Uh, All right. Do either one of you guys have one tonight? No, I, I don't. I have. I, I had a week of just pure positive comments. They were actually really good. So, so I've any, got I negative ones. I think I have now, one. We'll see next week when I release my first video after a year. So. That may change. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I have one for sure, um, but there's another one that somebody like purposely put hashtag get bent. So clearly they listen to the podcast. Oh. But this one I'm not going to read the entire thing because it's it's pretty long. But it was on my woodpeckers tools video. I just love the way that, that this person started it off. Okay, you ready? Here we go. I am amazed how all of these YouTube woodworkers seem to have the entire lineup of woodpecker tools. Got to be thousands of dollars hanging on the pegboards. I would think hard about which three items I would spend that kind of money on. What? What? Oh, it, it, do you want me to read the whole thing? Because it gets yeah. yeah, yeah. On another note, this company has issues. I cannot order products, or even if I do order something, the place order button does not work. I tried oh, several oh. times. Hold on. They did not plan well, and nothing is available. <laughs> even King Peckerwood, whoops, <laughs> himself, is making excuses in the product videos, you know, the big old guy with the heavy southern accent? How oh, did that God. happen? Seems like all the other companies can get their tools out the door. With all that profit on the overpriced tools, you think that they would have had stocked up on materials and stayed ahead for such times. I'm just disappointed. Awesome tools, maybe. Awesome management, not so much. 
Yeah, because well, so we all knew COVID was coming. What a bone. So well, it's, it is very clear that the entire purpose of his comment in the video was was to target his disdain because he can't get a woodpecker tool. Literally, that's the entire purpose of his comment. Ben, right now you're making assumptions that it's a he. Yeah. Well, they. I want to be gender neutral. It is a she. What's the name? But wow. What what remind what what I think is funny is like why are you talking to me about your disdain for about a company woodpecker? That, <laughs> like yeah, and I'm not, not to mention rep. Yeah. I don't know what companies you're ordering tools from, but uh, any company that I'm ordering tools from, it's not right out the door, and it hasn't been for wow. quite some no, time. No, definitely not. Months. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So she said Peckerwood. Yeah, King Peckerwood. King Peckerwood. <laughs> Hold on, I think I have one. Man, this is Jason. The, I'm, I'm really getting. I'm really getting serious about. We need to start making like these response videos to for these comments. I'm 100 percent on board. It's funny that our topic, what our topic was tonight, because I just released that video last week on the six Sanders. Yeah, the yeah. five. Yeah, five or whatever, yeah. which bombed. It's like a terrible video. But man, you'd be surprised how many comments I got of everybody talking about, well, you know you can put the six-inch pad on the five-inch sander, right? And I'm like, yeah, you can. You're not supposed to. <laughs> yeah. It's okay. It's okay. It'll burn up the, the, the motor. Uh, and, counterweight and, and then, the motor. It's and okay. then they'll blame Festool because their, of course. their tools are breaking and burning up and all this other stuff. You know, that's, no, they'll blame King Peckerwood. King Peckerwood. That's, that's probably the one thing that I – that I don't like about the the ETS EC one twenty five is that you can't put the um, the really really hard pad on it that you can get with the one fifty. Hey, but I think this it's like is a, it's like a green pad or a blue pad or something like that. No, I'm gonna read pad. this blue and pad, I'm gonna read yeah. the name. Green pads the polishing pad. Yeah, I'm yeah. I'm gonna read this and I'm gonna read the name because this was the one I told you about that clearly listens to the podcast. Mm-hmm. So I posted a like a reminder video the other day on my drawer video or a picture on, on Instagram, just like, hey, if you're looking for a good way to do George, blah, 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 right? This person comments, I might watch it. And I was just like, no pressure, you know, like, <laughs> whatever. Anyways, <laughs> he watched it and he commented, this is uh, Kevin Willingham, and it said, I said I might watch it. I watched it. I liked it. Hashtag get bent. <laughs> that's good you gotta do better than that kevin yeah come on kevin you could have at least been a jerk what is this come amateur on. hour yeah you throw a hashtag on a comment you think it's gonna get read on a podcast continuously think again yeah no, look, he just this, wants look this is not the disney channel okay this is green Tools podcast we only want the true Unadulterated hatred from the <laughs> internets on this podcast. I love these. None, none of this, like, oh, you smell very funny, mister. None of these things. <laughs> that sounded more Kind of a little Indian in there. Yeah, than it did German. Yeah. You know, I was thinking that perhaps sometimes I want <laughs> to just change things up a bit. Uh, you know, maybe, maybe we have some... Um, <laughs> Some European oh or, or, or other <laughs> continental customers that want to be a part and in, in, uh, included into the podcast. And so I think next time we, uh, we get a small cup or hat and uh, 
we just put a bunch of countries in this and then we draw from there and and I just do that country's accent. <laughs> no, let's stick to German. Yeah, because I, I love the Sausage King. Yeah. You guys are no fun. You know, yeah. I, I, tried, I tried to bring something exciting in this podcast, but no, it's all just German this, German that. <laughs> bring out your brat first. Yeah. <laughs> you guys are not fun for me anymore. You're not... You don't excite me in this relationship anymore. Oh my god. <laughs> I love that you say internets and anymores. <laughs> so accurate. I let Nicole listen to the to the clip the other <laughs> What's day. What she said. She just shook her head and smiled. Like dumb dumb American. Yeah. <laughs> Stupid Americans. Anyway, are we going to do a a shout out? Oh, for show. This An is out. a normal oh, shout sure. episode. This be a normal one. And the next one's a patron one, isn't it? Or is it uh, Sedges? Nope, it's a patron. I just did one. Okay, I got to reach out. Yeah, it's an individual patron. Yep. Um, was I, did I have I'm ready to go if you guys aren't. I'm ready to go. Yeah, go ahead because I'm going to do one that's kind of funny just to give right. a little jab at someone. <sighs> I kind of want to say that maybe we already did this one in like one of the very early episodes. I think we did, but um, but his his content's been popping up a lot on my feed. And I, I just kind of enjoy watching him being goofy and stuff. Uh, Ronnie Fulton from Fulton Wood, um, Fulton Fine Woodworks. He's uh always pushing content and always like sharing tips and stuff. But he's also in the in the Facebook groups answering people's questions, not just about festival, but just woodworking in general um so just someone that that is just giving back to the community whether that's through entertainment inspiring or educating so my my shout out this week is for ronnie fulton go check him out nice. if you haven't already i talked to him a long time last night he's, he's a really good guy i enjoy i him. think yeah i think we did call him out yeah very 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 beginning i think you did yeah. sedge early yeah, episodes him and him and cam, cam. Mm-hmm. and cam Okay, I'm I'm up. Yep. Sure. This guy is unbelievable trim carpenter and teacher, and he does some rough carpentry. His name is or Jason it's, Bent. Uh, no, it's uh, on his Instagram <laughs> tag is at carpentry underscore by Mar B Y M A R. Oh, I think I know this. Okay, he's part of um, uh, at. Miter ma- uh, Miter Masters, but this guy is always, always, always teaching on how to make cuts on miter saws, but also how to do layout, all kinds of uh, quick carpentry, and he's got a hell of a following on uh, Instagram. He's a uh, he's he's I just I watch every single one of his posts, and it's he's fantastic. So. Carpentry underscore by Ma. It's a cool one. It's a real good one. And Mita Mass, Mita Mass, this is good. He's a contributor to that too. What you got, Jason? All, all right. So, I said I was gonna take a little jab at somebody. I'm gonna do it for one of our uh, winners of the Bessie giveaway for the month of January. <laughs> Mr. Ed Mancini of <laughs> Mancini Woodworking on Instagram. 
So the other day, you know, he writes me a message. Pretty sure he was crying at the time. And it was like, hey, just out of curiosity, have you, uh, you know, have you guys ever considered like, you know, shouting out people that have smaller accounts? Because it just seems like everybody you guys shout out has big accounts. We, we do, but not if they're tankers. Exactly. Ed, the Can't entire reason you have not made it up to this point is because you were a dirty, a dirty, nasty tanker. Nasty, gross tanker. You probably wear those knee-high boots. And he's probably wearing coveralls right now. You pr- he probably is. He's probably and like he's lathering himself up with whatever that grease that they use on like the tracks and stuff are. And he has a, a Sabo <laughs> training round that he's using for a doorstop. Yeah, and shot glasses. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Tankers. No, I'm just kidding. Ed, he's a he's a great dude. He's going to, oh, man, I can't wait to get a message from him after he listens to this episode. He's a good dude, man. Yeah, he's great. Even though he's a tanker. I don't, tankers are better than Marines. Let's, That's let's true. be fair. They're, they're right higher there. up on the pecking order. Yeah. Not, not much, much more, higher. though. Yeah, not much not higher. Much higher. <laughs> but they are better than Cav Scouts. I will give them that. Um, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding, Ed. Uh, in all seriousness, Ed is... Uh, he's getting ready to retire from the army, and uh, he just got a CNC machine. And him and his wife do all kinds of cool stuff, and they're selling things on Etsy. And he's just really trying to get all into this. So, um, great cool, guy, man. yeah, very eager Wicked to learn cool. for sure. So there you go, Ed. I'll send you the bill for the five hundred dollars you owe me for the <laughs> shout out on this amazing podcast. You're welcome, Ed Mancini. Leave a get back comment. That's going to do it. That is going to do it. It's pretty good. That is it. That's the end. That's the end of this one. What was this? 20? No, I mean, that's the end of the podcast. Where are we going to let everybody know that we're we're done now? We're disbanding. I just yeah. created the website last night, but we're disbanding. Yep. Sorry, guys. We are. We just, we just wanted we to leave quit. it open enough for Mike to buy one shirt, and then we're going to close it all down. So now yeah, we figured we it. wouldn't wait. Like Wood Talk did until they had like 400 and something episodes to quit. We're just going to quit now. Did they really quit? Yeah, they quit for a while and then they came back. Oh. Who? Wood Talk. Who was on that? Mm, I don't know. Three weirdos. Alrighty. Jason. Vince Little Followers. <laughs> Sedgley. Sedgetool.com on TikTok, Twitter. Instagram, Sedge Tool, follow us. Oh, and Festool Sedge, Festool Live, Festool Shop Talk. And Grinder at Sedge's Tool. <laughs> and I've been doing really good on Sedge the Tool on Tinder. <laughs> A lot of swiping rights on Sedge's profile. I'm Ben Marshall. You can find me on Instagram and YouTube at Ben Marshall Designs. You can also find me on my website, which, again, still isn't up yet. Uh, Marshall Design Works and also on Etsy Marshall Design Works thank you everyone for taking the time to listen to us we hope that we in, we entertained you we educated you inspired you in some way or fashion um, and you can also find Hans he has his own uh, website now it's called uh, Hans's Bratwurst um, <laughs> dot com so actually it's dot de that's that's a, the proper German yeah, website the, yeah. the sausage king <laughs> The Bratwurst King. Thanks, everybody. Hans is sweating. Later. We'll see you in the next episode. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Cheers. Bye-bye.
Tschüssis. Hey, this is Ben, co-host and editor of the Green Suiters Podcast. This episode is over, but if you want to hear more topics like this and you want to be a part of our conversation, head over to patreon.com forward slash Green Suiters Podcast for early access to each show. If you're listening to this on free feeds, be sure to leave us a review wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you in the next episode.